Dublin street where them loyal drums do beat Those loving English feet they trampled over us And each day and every night when my father come home In June, four months after the February general election, a coalition was finally able to form the new Irish government. This government is made up of what on the face of it appears to be an incongruous coalition between Ireland's two traditional parties, Fine Gael, Gaelic Family and Fianna Foyle, Soldiers of Destiny, along with the Green Party. Meanwhile, Sinn Féin, We Ourselves, the All-Ireland Republican Party that won the largest number of first preference votes, was unceremoniously excluded. The results in the general election were as follows. Ballot counts on Sunday 9th of February revealed that after all 39 constituencies across Ireland were tallied, Sinn Féin received 24.5% of the first preference vote, almost doubling its share from the last election in 2016. It outstripped the opposition Fianna Foyle party, which won 22.2%, as well as incumbent Prime Minister Leo Varadkar's governing Fine Gael party's 20.9%. Sinn Féin's performance is all the more remarkable in that, unlike Fianna Foyle and Fine Gael, it did not contest all seats available, but ran a slate of a mere 42 candidates for the 159 seats contested. It even secured most first preference votes in the constituency of the then Prime Minister Leo Varadkar. Colm Quinn in Foreign Policy states, Sinn Féin topped the poll in Leo Varadkar's multi-seat constituency of Dublin West. He eventually won a seat back after the fifth round of counting, but it's the first time a sitting Taoiseach, Prime Minister, has failed to win the most votes on his own turf. In terms of seats, Fine Gael, Fianna Foyle and Sinn Féin secured 35, 38 and 37 seats respectively. However, 80 seats are needed to form a majority in the Doyle, the Parliament. The only possible way to do this without the participation of Sinn Féin was by Fine Gael and Fianna Foyle entering into an unprecedented alliance, in which they also had to conscript the Green Party's 12 TDs, MPs. This election ended the so-called duopoly, which is since the foundation of the Irish Republic in 1922, seen Irish governments formed exclusively by either Fianna Foyle or Fine Gael until 1933, known as Common the Nile, the Gaelic Society, both of which are today considered to be parties of the centre-right, in other words, equivalent to the British Tory party. So alike are they on the political spectrum that they might as well have been a single party. They were two, for historical reasons. Fine Gael was formed by those who accepted the terms of the treaty signed in London on the 6th of December 1921, that concluded the Irish War of Independence from Britain. It was signed on the Irish side by a team that included Michael Collins and Arthur Griffith and provided for the Irish Free State to have its own parliament independent of Britain. However, under the terms of the treaty, Ireland would have a status similar to Canada's, with the British King remaining the head of state and parliamentary representatives having to swear an oath of allegiance. It also made provision for six of the counties in Northern Ireland, which had a Protestant majority, to opt out of the Free State should they wish to do so an option that in due course they exercised. There were other concessions also made to Britain, but on balance a majority of Irish people felt the terms should be accepted, and Ireland's unofficial Doyle approved the treaty on the 7th of January 1922, after nine days of public debate, by a vote of 64 to 57. This, however, led the opponents of the treaty to split, with those who eventually formed Fine Gael supporting the treaty, while those who opposed it went on to form Fianna Foyle, refusing to take the oath of allegiance or to take seats in the Treaty Doyle. 
The general election that followed on the 16th of June 1922 gauged the attitude of the electorate towards the treaty compromise. The results were Sinn Féin, 58 pro-treaty TDs Sinn Féin, 36 anti-treaty TDs Labour, 17 TDs and others, 17 TDs. The anti-treaty Sinn Féin faction refused to accept this result and on the 28th of June 1922 a civil war ensued. Sinn Féin split. Eamon de Valera had already formed an anti-treaty faction, Common Apoblachta, the predecessor of Fianna Foyle. The pro-treaty faction formed Common Anoil, the precursor of Fine Gael. The result was deadly enmity, arising between the two sides. By the early 1930s, however, Fianna Foyle had found a formula that enabled it to participate in the Doyle, and the duopoly was established. The strategy of both Fine Gael and Fianna Foyle governments over the last several years has been to attract overseas investors to set up shop in Ireland by offering them a host of privileges, low taxes in particular. Low taxes, of course, means lower government income and reduced public services. As a result, healthcare and housing have been hit very hard, thereby much angering the Irish working class, which has, as usual, borne the brunt of the cuts. The Green Party, despite its left veneer, has lost credibility. Dermot Quinn from the World Socialist website states, From 2007 to 2011, as junior partners in a coalition government with Fianna Foyle, the Greens were complicit in introducing billions of euros of cuts to health, education and other social services, to bail out banks and to protect the wealth of the super-rich. There is no reason to suppose that the Greens will behave any differently in the present government. Although there are government posts on offer to Green leaders, there is nothing for ordinary well-meaning members of the Green Party to gain from their party-forming part of the government. So in fact they had to be duped in order to secure the necessary two-thirds majority needed to agree to this participation. They were told that by participating they would secure a government commitment to securing an average annual 7% reduction in emissions over the next decade. However, John Reynolds and Colin Coulter of the Jacobin exposed the hollowness of this commitment as a crude léger de main. A Fine led government signed up to the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement, which requires at least 7.6% annual emissions cuts, with an onus on rich countries to strive for cuts closer to 10%. But Fine itself targeted much lower reductions in its climate action plans, in practice coming nowhere near even those less ambitious benchmarks. The Greens made a 7% annual reduction their red-line issue in the talks. Media coverage has almost uniformly presented this as a hard-line maximalist demand, rather than a figure that is slightly below the minimum requirement to which the state had already committed itself. Fine Gael proposed an even lower percentage. One of the party's leading figures suggested that the Green Party could forget its 7% carbon emission reduction demand if it decimates farming and rural Ireland. The fudge ultimately engineered to keep the Greens on board was a pledge to commit Ireland to 7% annual carbon reductions on average between now and 2030. This essentially backloads meaningful action until the second half of the decade, well after this government's lifetime will have expired. Fine Gael has admitted as much, with Farragher making it clear that most of the reductions will happen in the second five years. Sinn Féin was the only party to reflect the longing of the Irish people to put an end to austerity and the country's 26% unemployment rate. This is what explains its electoral success, which would obviously have been far more crushing if it had stood candidates in every constituency. 
Its election manifesto was replete with promises to improve the living standards of working people. Abolishing tax on incomes under €30,000 a year, making GP visits free, restoring the pension age to 65 instead of 67, more spending on schools, the building of 100,000 new council homes over the next five years, increasing the number of hospital beds and taking steps to progress the reunification of Ireland, to name but a few of its most welcome provisions. The Sinn Féin Manifesto also included a commitment to ending Ireland's involvement in the EU's permanent structured cooperation, which it sees as a precursor to a European Union army, as well as ending membership in NATO's Partnership for Peace. It also proposed taking its anti-militarism a step further, by holding a referendum on writing Ireland's historical practice of neutrality into the Irish Constitution. Clearly these are not measures acceptable to the Irish or the international ruling classes. That being the case, the most important thing was to dragoon Fine Gael and Fianna Foyle into forgetting their time-honoured enmity, despite it having for decades served to disguise the fact that in elections the Irish electorate were actually only getting a choice between one centre-right bourgeois party and another, the better to bamboozle voters into thinking they had a free choice. That little party trick has now had to be abandoned, and Ireland's ruling class will be weaker as a result. Sinn Féin's deputy Doyle leader, Pierce Doherty, correctly remarked regarding the new government that the two old parties had circled the wagons to exclude Sinn Féin, and they are using the Green Party as a fig leaf to do this. At a time when Ireland needs ambition and big ideas, we have a programme for government that fails to deliver on affordable housing, on building up capacity in our health services, on getting people back to work and having enough to survive, on childcare, on the right to retire at 65, and on planning for Irish unity. However, in opposition, representing the heartfelt desires of the majority of Irish people, especially the young, Sinn Féin may well be in a strong position to consolidate its support amongst the Irish people, something the bourgeoisie considers most undesirable, but has had to accept as a necessary risk. Mark Landler, in the New York Times, has stated, The rise of Sinn Féin has scrambled the calculations for all the parties. While they do not want to form a coalition with it, they also worry that leaving it alone in the opposition will enable it to pick off even more voters at their expense. Sinn Féin, analysts said, would benefit by staying in the opposition, since it could exploit the difficult decisions that the new government will have to make. And indeed, Pierre Stockerty has vowed, Fianna Foyle and Fine Gael will be faced with the most determined opposition they have ever seen, because Sinn Féin will stand up for ordinary workers and families. With a new Taoiseach appointed, Fianna Foyle bigwig Michael Martin, who will swap places with Leo Varadkar of Fine Gael in 2022, the new government is already showing its reactionary hand. In spite of the fact that exit polls following the election in February indicated that 57% of Irish voters support a border poll on Irish unity, and despite the fact that Northern Ireland is now represented in the British Parliament by more nationalist MPs than unionist ones for the first time in its history, the Taoiseach has ruled out a referendum on a united Ireland in the near future, saying it will be far too divisive at this stage. As the coronavirus pandemic and the 2020 economic crash wreak their inevitable destruction on the living standards and prospects of Ireland's working masses, the future looks anything but secure for the country's rulers. One thing, however, looks certain. The rise of Sinn Féin will not be stopped anytime soon. Welcome back, ye black and tan 
just come out and fight me like a man Show your wives how you won medals down in Flanders How the IRA made you run like hell away From the green and lovely lady